Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Have we gotten to this point where people wake up every morning looking for something to be offended about? I live in this place called the real world, and I understand what is going to happen. Her story is, I was trying to scare him away. At the same time, she shot him point blank in the face. Okay, that's not exactly a warning shot. The Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. Coming up next, Squirrel. And now, WTMJ's Scott Boris. And away we go on a Thursday afternoon. It is 12.09. Jeff continues his week-long vacation. And uh, we've been in all week. We've been having fun. And we'll do it again today until 3 o'clock. That's when Wisconsin's afternoon news takes over. I look across the dais, uh, off to my right, and there's Meg McKenzie. Meg McKenzie. I'm on your right. We were <laughs> talking about right. Bill we're Stad, straight ahead. Down, Kyle's downtown. Producer. And what were we talking about? The Milwaukee Public Market. And Scott mm-hmm. says, you know, to the left. You well, mean the, the north? They're <laughs> Come make, on. They're, they're bringing live music just to the left of the. <laughs> public market underneath 794 where they've i'm sure kicked out dozens of homeless people because we want live news no i think that's a parking lot isn't that a parking lot right now it's just pavement there's a parking lot to the right of this. <laughs> the point there is, is it's north north of the yeah. public market so so i'm glad i could be here to uh, help you with your directions mm-hmm. the east right wait. out of the gate Giannis. i'm telling you we talked about this yesterday we needed you last night against the Pacers. Enough of this paternity leave stuff. Needed him last night. Oh, Predicted yeah, that yeah. loss. Oh, yeah, I'm doing yeah. that tongue-in-cheek. That, 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 that's tongue-in-cheek. Thank you. He, um, he'll play in the All-Star game, and then he'll be back ready to go. How much is so too much cool your jets. paternity leave for you? No, there's not enough paternity leave. <laughs> Ask any parent there's not enough paternity leave. Are you kidding me? At some companies, it's like, paternity leave? What is that? It's fine. It's fine. He could afford Fox somebody. Nation will live on. Oh, no, they'll be fine. I, I, again, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek. And I said, it, it, it was just the, the confluence of events last night with Indiana not playing well, and they're a good team, and they're a good defensive team, and Giannis was out, and a couple other guys were out for the Bucks. It's the last game before the All-Star breaks. So you know, a lot of those guys, if, you know, if they're not playing in the All-Star game, and there's only a couple of guys who are, you're looking at the calendar going, I got a week off. I can go to South Beach. I can go to California. I can do other things. So that kind of... This is why I was skeptical about last night's game. So we find out, you guys, we find out that they've kind of stripped the bill, the bar closed DNC bill. They've stripped out a lot of the ancillary stuff. Ancillary, the, the controversial crime. You know, I could, all honest, I, I could not get jazzed over the wedding barn debate and, and the liquor license, yay or nay, for wedding barns. Mm, just could not get real juiced up but about that. And how do you that. feel about this now? It passed uh, the assembly committee, so it's moving forward. Mm-hmm. It's statewide. It's going to allow bars to stay open until 4 a.m. during the week of the convention, but statewide. I have to, I, I do, I, I ask, what, what is the purpose other than we need the votes from the representatives in the counties like Vilas County? I made a list of some of the most northern, Vilas County, Bayfield County. Iron County, Sawyer County. I want to know how many how many DNC affiliated people will be spending that week in July in Sawyer County, and how many of them are really going to be utilizing a bar closed time of you know four a.m. 
Maybe it's just laziness. Maybe they didn't want to go to the effort of writing the bill to include only certain counties. Maybe they didn't want to create controversy because, you know, one, you know, Waukesha County was included, but Jefferson County wasn't included. Maybe that's why. It could be a slippery slope, right? If you do it for this, then what, do you, what are you going to do it again? And what activity or what event's going to take place in the future that they're going to have the same conversation for? It's funny you say that because that was one of my first thoughts. The Ryder Cup is going to draw just as many people to Wisconsin. Uh-huh. The numbers that we've been told around 50,000 are the same for DNC and Ryder Cup. So is this, you know, and then don't some of the Harley celebrations pull in? Well, maybe not those numbers, but I mean, we have some big events in 2020 coming, not just DNC. So are they going to do the same thing for those? That's a good point. Kind of like that golfing idea. <laughs> I would say no, no chance, only because... To what? This to is po- that, no, the DNC is tied to politics. There's no, there's no political tie into the Ryder Cup. I mean, these are politicians and the like coming to town, and so it only makes sense that they would go to Madison to try and work with the local politicians to try to change the bar time close. But no, my biggest question is simply, is this really something that... Is this really something that has to happen across the state? Now, like we said before, local counties and cities can say no. They can opt out right. pretty easily. They just have to write an ordinance and opt out of it. Are they going to? <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> but they can. So so there's you, there you go. They didn't need to put in the effort to decide which counties will be included or not because they put in a clause saying you can opt out. Done. Until 4 a.m., and people have said, well, this is going to lead to more, the opponents have said, this is going to lead to more instances of drunken driving. To which I would say, look, in Milwaukee County, in the Collar Counties of Southeast Wisconsin, and Dane County, the, these, these media members, these delegates, all the, the 50,000 people coming in, very, very, very few are actually doing their own driving. Correct. This is going to be a boom for the Uber, Lyft, uh, folks here locally and for, for the taxi companies, old right. school taxis and things like that. There is going to be very, very little driving of my own car. So I, that, that really does not speak to me too much. What does though is the fact that again, Iron County bar open till 4 a.m. if they want to keep it bar open till 4 a.m. and is that not an area that's going to be potentially more impacted by drunken driving? Well, how than many, how many patrons do you think are going to be in there from 2A to 4A in Iron County? I mean, yeah, maybe a handful, but is that really going to change anything? You're talking about the, the streets just being full of drunks at that time? Don't you just open yourself up to issues in areas outside of any zone pertaining to the convention? Would, that's my I issue. I would argue that... Are people in Vilas County really stopping the drinking at 2 a.m. anyway? I mean, come on. Admittedly, I have never been to the aforementioned counties. We have no evidence to prove one way or the other. I've been up north. Not at all. Yeah. All right. We'll see. There's no okay. ringing of the bell and class dismissed at 2.30 all right, let's on a do Friday this. night. Let's do this. How many counties are in Wisconsin? 72. 72. Let's just do Let's go around the table. What is... What is the over-under on how many counties, let's not do cities, because counties say, no, we're not going to jump on board this week-long law. We are going to close our doors, close up our bars at normal bar close so time. the how county many? can make the decision, like the what, the county exec, the leaders of the county can say one way or the other. Local municipalities, right. Thumb up or thumb down? 
You go ahead. Well, is the Tavern League still open? Yes. Is there a more so zero powerful? counties are going to opt out. <laughs> We've gone 16 yeah. minutes without mentioning the Snap. Tavern League. Snap. So nobody does. Nobody does. I don't think so, no. What do you think? Does any county I, say no? I think a handful. I'll say five. Yeah. I'll say, I was going to say three. I'll go back to what Eric was saying. The only county that might would have been Madison, but this is politics. Right. <laughs> it's the Democratic right. National Convention. So Dane County's in. <laughs> 630 Texter. Oh, living there too. By the way, 855-616-1620, Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, 630, it's Wisconsin. Chronic alcoholism land. If the bars are open till 4 a.m., cheesers, that's us, I guess, will just go on a four-day bender because they can. And I guess it doesn't matter. But to your point, maybe they're doing it in those northern counties. Anyway, are you telling me that the good folks of... Sawyer County are not closing their bars at normal times. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? No, just say it. You want me to say it out loud again? Yes. No, they're not closing. <laughs> what? This, what, if they just, I'm not saying they live outside the law, but I think that things are a little more relaxed. Mm-hmm. We've all vacationed right. up north. Do you know what I'm saying? Is this really top of mind for anybody up north? Don't think Especially so. in July, you know? So. Well, what if you're a bar like in a neighborhood? Is that going to be an issue now? You're talking about some of these bars. Are you talking are, about near Milwaukee or? Well, just I guess anywhere. Or, or Ozaki County, say. Mm-hmm. Like, is there's got to be a bar in some close to a residential area, kind of. I mean, 2 a.m. is late as it is anyway. I guess it, I mean, you're keeping people up if you're rocking at 2 a.m. anyway. But if you stay till 4 a.m., is that going to cause some neighborhoods to get all worked up? Well, I would hope that law enforcement is, you know, going to be amped up in areas where there will be a lot of sure. celebration going on. Let's do this real quickly. Let's just open this up. Cast your vote right now, 855-616-1620. Yay or nay, are you on board with this statewide bill that would allow bars to stay open uh, until 4 a.m. during the, the, the stretch of the DNC? And whether you're somebody who's going to be impacted by the convention downtown, whether you are, like Eric mentions, one of these small neighborhood bars where you may or may not like a little bit of a ruckus at 3.30, 4 a.m., so be it. 855-616-1620. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Text line being flooded by beer emojis. You don't get a, we don't get a lot of emojis on the old text screen. Get a hell yeah with eight beer mugs. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, asking if you want the bars open till 4 a.m. across the state. There's a yes. Uh, don't just say no. Yeah, or, I know I said at, tell me yay or nay, but I'd like a little bit more than that. Uh, why not? It's Milwaukee. Jeez. Let the owners decide if they would like to stay open. Now, here's good. A 414 texter. As a bar owner and bartender, go home. How much business are you really going to get? <laughs> How much business are you really going to get at 2 a.m.? Also, the type of people that still want to be out from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. are not who we want to serve. Across the state, maybe, but in Milwaukee, no. they expect delegates from all over the place. Well, it's, but it's not just rocking. delegates. It's media members. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Does anybody right. drink more than the media? Good point. <laughs> and family. So a lot of delegates make this their Good summer point. vacation. I'm sure you've heard oh. that. So their whole family is coming in, grandparents even, yep, that yep. sort of stuff. So I have a girlfriend who's... Um, uh, she has a relative who is a super delegate. They'll be in, and they're staying at their home. They're bringing the whole family. And now, do they get special treatment since they're a super? Delegate? I am a super delegate. Maybe, maybe <laughs> they wear a front of the line shirt. for everything, <laughs> and they can stay at the bars till five a.m. Yeah, we've got to change it across the state, though. 
Man. Ooh, that's a well, summer so you vacation. asked for yay or nays, and now you're complaining about getting yay or nays. Just give me a little What's bit more tally? than yay. Give me a little bit. I don't know. I'm not I think the real question is, is if we do this. Oh, here. Oh, oh. Go ahead. No, if we're doing this for DNC, should we be doing it for other events mm-hmm. like Ryder Club? Yep. As uh, Eric mentioned before. Hmm. Canon Oconomowoc, yay or nay, and then please expound. No, absolutely not. If people need to get shined up in the middle of the night, stay in your hotel room and do it. Where are they going to find the staff to find, to be serve these people after hours, whether it be food or liquor? And the whole idea of making an exception for one group sets the stage for, well, you know what? The Ryder Cup's coming. Hey, you know what? The Shriners are coming. Everybody's going to want something special. That may not be the best argument against it, but with all of all the bad press we can find in the local news, TV, newspapers about drinking and driving, do we really need to encourage more drinking? Well, first of all, I guess I would say, Ken, uh, the staff uh, is going to be the staff of the restaurants and the bars. They're going to get more money. They'll work longer hours. They'll double up, take double shifts, whatever the case may be. They'll get paid more. The business will make more money. I, I, and, you know, the, the comment about the drunken driving thing, I, I just I, I don't put a lot of credence in that because there's not a lot of people driving themselves around at these conventions to and from their hotel, Uber, Lyft, taxi, uh, things like that. Wouldn't you be for the influx of money in the local economy, if nothing else? No. You don't want it? That short little period of time. Look, we just lost two people to drunk driving in 48 hours in downtown Milwaukee. What more do we need to say drunken driving is an issue in Wisconsin? I think from a 30,000-foot view, Mm -hmm. we are giving more credence to the cry that we need to stop the excessive use of alcohol for entertainment. Hmm. I think you're making an argument for tougher tougher laws as a whole, uh, tougher drunk driving laws, etc. I don't know. If well, there's necessarily... another part that I bring up here that I failed to mention earlier is: Do we want that reputation for Milwaukee to be known as a city to come and get all shined up? But, but for here's a week? the thing: This can, could be happening in any city. Though. Other city cities does this. Exactly, exactly. You could do that anywhere, and hell, it happens without getting a lot of press. But now we're talking about. A national convention, mm-hmm. which gets a lot more press than the bowling convention. So more people too. Do we really want that? Is that <laughs> what we really want from Milwaukee? We already have a reputation of the beer capital, which it's truly not anymore. Do we really want that? Thanks well, for talking. Yeah, I was tempted to jump on that train too, but this is not unprecedented. Other cities who have hosted conventions, both RNC and DNC, have done similar things, extended bar times and that sort of stuff. He did bring up a really good point, though. Like, is Toppers going to extend their hours for these people? Because they're going to need food after this. You know what I mean? Why not? And the hotels stand to make more money because then room service and that sort of stuff. So how does that work? I mean, is that part of it too, though? Like, think about how late the night goes every night. So they That's true. they need a place to go. You need to like find a place to funnel all these people, right? Like otherwise they're all just going to cram back into their hotel room. It's a way way to make money, but it's also a way to like just kind of push people toward, right? Where delegates go, okay, well, the, hey, this place I can hang here, I can hang here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, I mean, I I think for both parties, not just for Democrats, there's a lot of like back and forth and quote unquote networking that takes place, doesn't it? it? Like overnight. This is not. This is not let's go and just get blitzed out of our mind drunk. A lot of the media is working 
14, 15, 16 hour day. The media, like, well, the media, <laughs> fine. The David delegates. going to be throwing drinks around. <laughs> hey, I want to drink with Ted Koppel. <laughs> Koppel, rather, Brokaw, all the old you, codgers. Who would you rather drink with, Brokaw or Koppel? <laughs> Seven, nine, um, I don't know. I got to think about that one. Um, this is not, let's go out and get smashed. Because I'm telling you, I was in Cleveland for the convention four years ago. People are turning around the next morning. 6, 7 a.m., they're back at it. This is not let's go on benders for an entire week in downtown Milwaukee and just, you know, go wild and, and, and woolly that way. Well, then you're it's kind of making... It's a working week. But, yeah, and you're kind of making the argument the other way then, Scott. Why do we need to stay up until 4 a.m.? Are these people really going to be out until 4 a.m.? Yes. Don't they need to rest up for the next day? No, you, you, you schmooze, you network, because most of your day is, a lot of your day is, depending on what your responsibilities are, working in whatever you do. So afterward, you kind of just go out, have a so- socialize, have dinner, have a drink. That's it. That's all. You network with whatever your responsibility is. It, but I'm in favor of doing that. But these people are also not getting blitzed. So. I would agree with you. And I also am on board with they're not, most of them are not driving themselves. This is going to be a boon for Lyft drivers, Uber drivers, taxi drivers. She's Meg. I'm Scott. In for Jeff on WTMJ. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I appreciate this. We'll close on this. I appreciate the 630 text. You're bringing it all back. They go. But again, the point is why Why statewide? Not why at all. No, I'm, I'm all for it. I just, I question some of the, the outstate counties hopping on board, but they need the votes to pass the bill. That's why this is happening. Meg, you say they're drinking until 4 a.m. anyway in Vilas County. And they can opt out. But and you're right. They need the votes. To, they need the votes just, to pass the bill. So that's why it's. I'm statewide. skeptical they and don't get the, the statewide thing. Okay. Um, when we come back, how soon is too soon to start welcoming back some of those men caught up in a Me Too scandal, or in general, celebrities, quote unquote, who have been caught up in scandals? Are we not to forgive and forget, or at least forgive and never fully forget? You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Rolling on. Jeff is back on Monday. Meg McKenzie joins us in studio today. Eric is hanging out. I am Scott. Hey, by the way, in the 2 o'clock hours we've done all week, Uh, We are running, of course, our How Much Do You Love Golf Contest, and we're looking for your comments. Just go to the WTMJ Facebook page. You have until 1.30 to do that today, and tell us how much you love golf. And if we pick your comment uh, later this afternoon, we'll do it after 2 o'clock, 2.30 probably. Uh, uh, If we pick your comment, you'll get a $25 gift card to Sticks Golf. It's a great place. On a day like this, when there's snow and cold, and you can still go there and have some fun, and if you want to practice, practice. If you just want to work some of their arcade games, like uh, taking aim at hitting the cart guy, breaking windows. If if you're not a good golfer, just go and swing the club around. And so, tell us why you love golf, and we will look at your comments and award somebody later in the show. It'll be good for that. Okay, here's the question, and we are starting to see in. In the last year or so, some of the individuals who have been caught up in Me Too scandals, some of them are starting to creep back into their their industry, let's say. And 
there's a couple. Piet Levy had a great piece uh, earlier this week. There's a couple. One of them's coming to town. I'm thinking specifically, and he brings up the, the cases of Louis C.K., the comedian, very edgy comedian. He always has been. Louis C.K. and Garrison Keillor. Garrison Keillor is actually coming to Milwaukee. Last time Garrison Keillor, to put this in perspective, was in Milwaukee. He performed at the Paps Theater. Now he's performing in the... I didn't know this was a place. In the back room of Colectivo Coffee. It holds 300 people. Yeah, they have concerts there sometimes. I didn't know that. It's just it's where they make the coffee. And you get sitting on sacks of coffee beans and <laughs> things me, like that. Excuse me. Pardon me. Barista's excuse me. walking around. So here's the question. And I think it's something that we as human beings all face. When do you forgive and maybe not forget, but when do you forgive people? And can you find yourself getting to the point where celebrities, let's just stay on the Me Too movement rather than broaden it to just scandals in general, but can you ever find yourself getting to the point of forgiving celebrities who were accused, caught up in a Me Too scandal? 855-616-1620. Because there's a really good chance you may be faced with that question, even if you don't want to buy a ticket to a comedian coming to town, but maybe some of the television or movies, you know, stars, television personalities will start working their way back onto the small screen. And you may have to decide, am I going to watch this show or am I not going to because of what he did? At what point do you say, all right, I'm willing to overlook what they did. They've suffered long enough. There's a lot to unpack. (laughs) Sorry, what? Some people say, some people think they've suffered long enough. That Garrison Keillor, that Louis C.K., they were shunned from their respective industries. And their careers were decimated long enough for several years. And now, you know what? Several years? Didn't Louis C.K. start touring like nine months after the revelation? Nine months? Okay. You brought a different layer to it that I had not considered. So when when we were first talking about this, I was thinking along the lines of buying a ticket to see someone live. Right. But you brought the layer of if he, say, starred in a HBO special or a TV, then would I, you know, would someone watch it? So that's a different layer. But going back to the original discussion on would I buy a ticket or not, the people who are buying a ticket to a show with Louis C.K. never needed an apology anyway. They weren't the people that needed to forgive. The people who were deciding whether or not they were going to forgive them probably aren't going to buy a ticket. And is he selling out what, like a 300 seat theater or something? Not, I mean, I'm imagining when he toured before, it was that in the thousands. It's a back room of a coffee back shop. Room of a coffee You're house. talking about Garrison Keeler. Yeah. Keeler for there. Yeah. But I think Louis C.K. too, the venues are much smaller. Oh, yeah. If I, I saw him at Bradley Center and it was packed. Right. That was pre Me Too. Correct. Issues. Yeah. And now he's not booking things as large as no. the Bradley Center, that sort of stuff. So I, and, and then there's, 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 Two layers to it. Are you talking about kind of a collective forgiveness among society as a whole? You're not talking about individuals, right? Well, I, I think we as consumers of entertainment right. are all or will all be faced at some point in time with a decision, do I buy a ticket to that show? Now, Eric, you said you've seen Louis C.K. Yeah. perform. And I was, I was disappointed 
Very much so when this all broke. All the, so, the weirdness and the goofiness. That okay, so you were a fan before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would I would watch it Netflix. I don't think I'd go see him again live. That's you wouldn't pay. I wouldn't pay. To buy no. a ticket. But you would watch him on TV. Yeah, and I have no problem with the fact that he continues a tour. I mean, it's just, you know, if he wants to do that and, and still sell out places, that's, that's his prerogative. Hmm. 855-616-1620 on the Akin and Mortgage Talk and text line. Uh, a texter says, I do not hold, not, they bring up a good point. I don't hold a grudge on anyone uh, during the Me Too scandals if... Any of the allegations have merit, they were prosecuted. Unfortunately, most did not have much merit. Can you draw the line between a Harvey Weinstein... I'm sorry, wait, wait, wait. Unfortunately, many did not have merit? Well, the point they're making is, was there a prosecution follow-up? Were there charges filed? Did something happen legally to that person from the accuser that led to... Yes, but if someone is convicted of something that doesn't, and then they have to pay a penalty, that doesn't necessarily translate to forgiveness. Someone's someone's actions speak forgiveness, not even someone's words, because of course they're going to come out and apologize. They're trying to save themselves, but their actions support. So, kind of going outside. I'm going to use an example outside of the Me Too and talk about Roseanne Barr. Right, so she had racist tweets right she apologized said she shouldn't have done it she blamed i think some medication or something like that do her actions support the apology no so should there be forgiveness no because she hasn't she didn't mean the apology she was trying to save herself so if for instance roseanne barr was volunteering uh, in certain with certain nonprofits or spreading messages of overcoming racist thoughts, racist uh, behaviors and things like that. Should we uh, uh, accept her apology? Absolutely. Everyone deserves forgiveness if they're truly sorry for what they did. So that's an example of it outside the Me Too, but apply that to the Me Too. Are these people who were caught doing wrongdoing, do their actions support their apology? If yes, then I'm a forgiving person. But if not... Were they sorry? You know, probably not. You know what I've had a hard time doing? Was that deep, sir? Is uh, I've had a hard time watching episodes of The Cosby. Every once in a while I come across you just channel surfing on The Cosby Show. I'm telling you, I have a real, real hard time. Wait, that's on TV? Oh, yeah. (gasps) No. Yep, there are a couple stations, I don't know what they are, don't ask me, that still air episodes of The Cosby Show. And every once in a while, I mean, for it's a good show. And I'll 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 start watching, but I'd be lying if within ten seconds of Bill Cosby entering the scene on television, my mind doesn't go, "Whoa, what a what a sleaze, what an absolute." And then you evil turn the person. channel. Not always. Could, could you argue that Not it's always. that okay? But other actors on that show get royalties too, right, from the syndication. So at least someone who wasn't a creep job like him. They're able to continue to reap the benefits of being on that show. Can you? Can you? Does that? That's a stress. Does it make it fair? You brought up Roseanne Barr, like so. Roseanne uh, for the Connors, which mm-hmm. is on ABC now, which is basically the show without her. She gets nothing out of that show. She has completely been eliminated, where she cannot reap any of the benefits. There's no. There's no money that goes to her. There's no nothing. So she's been completely cut out. In that case, I guess that works to their that where they can continue the show. I believe I saw a billboard, though, as recently as last month on 45 North, and the billboard was advertising the original Roseanne. Roseanne Yeah, on TV. So. On my channel 24. 
criticism. How do you deal with the forgiveness that is or is not given to celebrities involved in scandal? And I bring up Me Too because I I think we got a break, but Me Too, it hits so many people, and obviously women especially, at such a visceral level. And I, I think even men... It because we have wives, we have girlfriends, we have sisters, we have mothers, we have grandmothers, it daughters, hit, daughters. It, it it hits all of us at such a real vis, visceral is the best word degree that that's why. Do you forgive that something that hurt and hits so many people so deeply? Can you forgive and forget as some of these creeps, as it were, start working their way back into? The mainstream, 855-616-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Can you easily forgive celebrities caught up in scandal, and specifically the Me Too scandals? Real sidebar here. Is it me, or do we feel like the the Me Too wave has has dissipated? There's less attention brought to it. Doesn't sure. it seem that way? Yeah. I mean, every remember that was that was that four years ago now, five years ago, maybe longer. Every week, heck, every day, there was some new famous guy who was accused and was fired or quit. That was a remarkable. Well, remarkable I mean, time. how much sustainability does it have? You can't continue. I mean, the movement is still continuing. There are still efforts being made, and not just in the entertainment mm-hmm. industry, but in a lot of industries, to uh, eradicate behavior like that. But in the it's entertainment just not headlines field, every week, right? In the entertainment field, can you forgive? You cons- we we consumers of movies, television, music. Frank in Green Bay. Hi, Frank. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. As a starting point, it's not your job nor your responsibility to forgive or not forgive. It's it's the person that was affected by the person's behavior or words. So that is not the issue. The issue is whether or not you choose to spend your time and or your dollars uh, paying for entertainment or something with someone that you may that you may find has done something offensive. That's the issue. Well, I think Scott is equating buying a ticket to a show as forgiveness, but I completely agree with you. It is not our, it's not on us to forgive them. It's on the victim of their behavior. Is that what you mean? Yes. We have no role in that. That is a special, for lack of a way to, better way to put it, relationship between offender and offendee. But this, this carrying on forever and a day that somebody did something, guess what? Just about every entertainer that's out there, I bet you could find some sort of abhorrent behavior in their past that we know nothing about. So the fact that these people have been exposed, bad word probably, the fact that this information is out there, so what? We know about some stuff, but we there are plenty of people out there that we know absolutely nothing about. You're probably right and on my. You no, know, you're probably no, right. On, no. Oh no! Let, let me just thanks for the yeah. call, Frank. And you make a good point when it comes to the forgiveness definition. And I'm totally with you. I and I, I'll you know, as as my legal counsel Meg spoke for me there. Um, no, you, you're that's. If you're buying a ticket, that's your pseudo-forgiveness, right? Yeah, so, yeah, no, yeah. of course, there's nothing like forgiveness between a victim and uh, and the person for which he or she is accusing. Um, 
I look. I personally feel all bets are off. I have no idea, and we don't know if if we have taken anything from the Me Too. I mean, you take a lot from it, but for those of us who have not been personally impacted or something like that, the lesson I think that needs to be taken is we have no idea who these people are. You have no clue. You have no, not you. We do not. What people? You have to translate. Celebrities. Celebrities. Our athletes or anybody. Athletes. People that we watch. on. We we don't know what's in their history. I'm talking to the point that he brings up about if you really dig into celebrities, who knows what you're going to find, how far back. You're right. We have no idea. We have no idea. Everybody thought it was Bill Cosby, America's dad. So, again, we as consumers... Shame on us if we're so naive as to think that people we see on television, on a basketball court, in a movie theater, are the people that they claim to be. Well, that's everyone, that though. You're kind of singling out celebrities. But, the, I mean, I don't know what's in your past. I don't know what's in Eric's past. You don't know what's in my past, my infractions or, or whatnot. But you have to judge there's someone. A sh- there's a show. Right. You can only judge someone on what you know of them. And if you found out something that was, you know, damning against them or something like that, then you can make a decision on whether or not you were going to continue being their friend, their lover, their uh, fan, their, you know, if the relationship was going to continue. Celebrities are just put in the spotlight. So right. it's easy to use them as an example. It, right. But celebrities are also the ones that are put on pedestals and are called heroes and role models. And you many could, of them and many of them wear that mantle and, and, and take that title proudly. Mm-hmm. But again, just pump the brakes because we know nothing we know nothing of each other in large part. You're right. But again, we're talking in the celebrity world here. We don't know who celebrities are. And I personally in the Me Too movement, I I, I have no idea. The most I, I guess pick the most wholesome actor, athlete Whatever Bill in the Cosby. history of time, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Had a lot of people would say Cosby ten years right. ago. Exactly, exactly. And look at that. Yeah, we've learned that. Right? Tom Hanks. There you go. Oh, he's clean as a whistle. Right. You Promise been, me that. Right. Dick, so. I could not live in a world where he wasn't. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. Right. Yeah. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Wholesome character. Wholesome personality. I have no idea. We don't know him. You see him on TV doing his thing. Tom Hanks in the movies. Sure. Yeah. But. You don't know. Somebody once said, and I don't remember who they said, everybody has their public life, they have their personal life, and then they have their life that nobody but themselves know about. And that's really true for everybody. Everyone, yeah, not mm-hmm. just celebrities. She's Meg, Eric, Scott, in for Jeff. Takes three people to fill in for Jeff Wagner on this Thursday. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Scott Warris. Hour number two of the Wagner List program. He'll be back on Monday, don't forget. Next hour, next hour, we will award today's $25 gift card to Sticks Golf which means you have until 1.30. You have 21 more minutes to go to WTMJ's Facebook page and uh, click on the How Much Do You Love Golf icon, the logo there, and leave a comment if we like it. We have four people that have to like it today. We will pick your comment. Uh, Meg McKenzie is here. Uh, Eric Bilstad hanging out as well. 
probably have seen this video. Uh, if not, uh, I know. I think uh, Kyle, you were able to tweet it out. Uh, WTMJ's uh, Twitter feed, or is it the Wagner Twitter account? Okay, it's the station account. Um, it's also on Facebook as well. The American Airlines passenger, the Today Show was all jazzed up about it. The American Airlines passenger who films the guy behind her, annoyed with the fact that she has reclined her seat, and there's a little extra stuff to the story we'll get to, is, in a very move of maturity, would you not say, is constantly hitting the back of her chair as he i guess he's watching a movie on his phone i mean can you think of a more petulant display by a human being man child on a on an airplane than that man child uh, if i'm his mother i'm embarrassed her name is wendy Whip- like i created that i raised that and now he's doing that come on come on but admit it we have all been in that position literally or figuratively whereby that person in front of you and you're in coach you're not in the extravagant first class with leg room up to wazoo and that person in front of you maybe you have the tray out maybe you have your your uh, ipad on there your computer out the person in front of you reclines their seat and you're you oh the horror you want to you want to wail away at that chair let's be honest you want to wail because they reclined their seat. It reclines. You know that when you get on the plane. You're going to sit behind a chair, and the chair is going to recline. How could you get upset at that? There are unwritten rules of air travel. And I believe, and I subscribe to the rule that if I want to recline, I am going to take, take a peek behind me. Let me survey the situation behind me. Are they a large individual? If so, I'm probably not going to recline. Do they have their tray out? Are they eating something? Like I said, do they have their computer out or some sort of electronic device? Is this and, happening right now? And if Where they am do, I? but if you they, have reclining criteria, if they do, I won't. That's just you. Just don't do that. You have reclining criteria. I do. Hmm. There are certain norms, and I think certain social norms that we take up in society in order to live harmoniously. And in a situation like that, that's one of the things that I pay attention to. What? The chair reclines, Scott. It reclines. You get on a plane, you buy a Mm -hmm. ticket, you know every plane has seats Mm -hmm. that recline. I've never heard of anyone that surveys... The audience of their recline before deciding whether to recline or not. Granted, I will give you this. I'm a short individual. I'm five foot three, according to my driver's license. You ah. are taller. You are taller. So if it's, if the seat in front of you reclines, it's going to impede a bit more of your personal space than it would mine. I'll give you that. Maybe However, that's why I've I'm so never seen of it, anyone survey the scene to decide to decline, recline or not. Maybe I decline. <laughs> I hereby <laughs> decline to, to recline. recline. <laughs> have you ever have you ever asked or been asked? Never. Have you, Eric? Mm-mm. Never. No one's ever said People to me, hey, don't do that. Seat up or... Because everyone knows you can recline. Yeah, but if so if I would like to think if I were in the back row, because this guy was in the last row mm-hmm. and this you know, the seats obviously he doesn't have as much space as maybe someone else does. Yeah, he like, can't recline. I would like to think that instead of doing what this guy, I would just ask. <laughs> Maybe just say, like, hey, can you do me a favor? Uh, do, you mind, do you mind putting your seat up? Do not misconstrue what I'm saying. 
to uh, as an excuse for what he's doing. He's acting like a petulant little child, <laughs> kicking the back of the seat. My four-year-old is way more mature than that man, <laughs> way more. And she's kicked me. There are certain, but there are certain norms. There are not that you wait. I'm you sorry, undertake there are. when you the get on a plane. Recline. But let me ask Scott. you this. Let me ask you this. So say say you said you know what this is a pretty tight spot for me. I'm trying to eat my food, and you ask the person in front of you, hey, do you mind putting your seat up? And they do. You eat your food. You're done eating, and then they put it back down. Would that bother you if they? Because that's what this guy apparently did. He asked for them to put it up. And she says, oh, yeah, once he was done eating, I put that thing right back down on him. Does that change it? Does that add fuel to the anger of wanting to bang but, he's, but he said, I'm trying to eat. So once he was done, I guess. So she must have surveyed Recline the situation. Recline is back on the table. Then. Recline is back on the table once that meal is gone. <laughs> I don't Come smell on. any up here. There have got so. to be other people, and some of you are texting, but there have got to be more of you out there who... Are a little bit are, are as polite as I am when it comes to whether or not you recline on an airplane. That that, that has to be. Can I just point out that in normal circumstances I'm more polite than Scott? So this is weird <laughs> to me that on a plane he considers my behavior impolite. It reclines. Four one four texter. Wow. Unbelievable is your co-host. <laughs> I never recline. There should be no reclining seats. Period. Exclamation point. Well, take that up with American Airlines. Actually, they are looking and at And Southwest. And United. Let's, let's weigh in on this one at 855-616-1620 on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We all agree that what happened on this American Airlines flight Should is... Should never have happened. Yes, and it's a, it's a petulant, immature exchange. And I of course, some... like everything is caught on, on cell phone tape. But Good for her. there are norms. And just because you can recline in your airline seat Means does not should. mean you should. <laughs> no. 855-616-1620. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. One nineteen. Meg McKenzie joining us on the program today. Eric Bilstad hanging out a little while as well. <laughs> The video is funny. Um, funny? Yeah, it's a funny video. Fun- well, it's funny because she's laughing at him. Well, it's funny because a- he's a moron. You know, I think sometimes people make fun of these mindfulness techniques that we're learning now. For instance, my daughter is four, and um, in her daycare center, they have Tucker Turtle, and they, they learn these breathing techniques on how to calm. Um, this man needed a little Tucker Turtle in his life a few decades ago because he's acting like a three-year-old. What is the Tucker Turtle breathing technique uh it is is it like lamaze i'm gonna spit all over is it lamaze there's three breathing techniques one of them is a balloon so pretend like you're blowing up a balloon or okay. uh, the balloon is coming so she goes okay <laughs> but it calms her what did do that too and and, the, and you, you get to the point where the child actually use in, invokes the techniques without you telling them to and it's pretty cool this man on this airplane what is a united air airline flight? american American Airlines flight when the woman reclines her seat into his personal space and then he repeatedly beats the back of her chair to punish her for it should have learned some mindfulness techniques. So if you so Meg Meg is on the side of hey I put that seat back no matter what whenever I want if someone behind you asked you not to oh absolutely put it you'd back put up. it back up yeah and I'm going to point out too so if you think about a recliner in your living room it goes back let's say ten clicks. A, a seat in an airline goes back like two clicks. It's not like you're laying on the person's lap. <laughs> you're not you know? looking up at But them. no. And 
if someone asked me to not, no, I would absolutely not recline my seat if they needed the space. No. And again, I'll go back to I'm five foot three, according to my license. And so if someone reclines their seat, it doesn't invade as much of my space as it would say you two because you're taller. And I survey the situation. <laughs> and go, I don't want to take off this guy. To recline. I think that's really polite of you, I guess. Or, or I'll admit this, I'll wait till they fall asleep. And then I'll slowly go back to avoid any... Con- I think I'm just avoiding confront. That's what I'm doing, avoiding confrontation right, at the end of it. Right. That's what I just want to avoid. All right, let's go to New Berlin. Let's talk to Renee. Hi, Renee. Are you, are you, a, courteous, are you a courteous air traveler, or do you sit down and crank that thing back? Well, I'm a courteous air traveler, but Thank the you. thing is, is they should just make the seats that they don't recline. Or maybe they should make them that they are just reclined a little bit already and then be done with it. Mm-hmm. When Midwest Express first came out, oh my God, there was so much leg room. I couldn't believe it. It was the first time I'd ever flown. And we had the most delicious meals. Too. Oh, yeah. And the hey, the, hey, Renee, the hey, Renee, Midwest is coming back, so don't worry. <laughs> Psh, give me a break. Yeah, but you know what? They're, They're not, not going to have the same no. type of seats. But why do they have to cram people in like sardines? Why can't they just make it a little more comfortable for people? I'm six foot tall, my God, and I can't bend my knee all the way up because I have a bad knee. All right. You know, where are you supposed to sit? I'm with you, Renee. Thanks for the call, Renee. I appreciate it very much. People are kind of split on this. I'm looking at the text line. I recently flew Frontier. None of the seats reclined. That's Laura from Vegas. <laughs> they are they are making a switch to that. The airlines are now not going to put them back as far. Huh. So yeah. Well, Frontier, you have to pay to bring your left hand onto the flight. So <laughs> right. You right. really think they have reclining they seats? Charge yeah. an arm and a Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is so great. People are taking shots at you. So I'm going to read it on the air. Uh, the two six two. It is so unusual to have common courtesy. As Jeff would say, I feel good that I'm embodying things Wagner would normally say. As Jeff would say, just because, just because you have the right to lean back doesn't mean you should. I'm not sure who the thoughtless person is with you. Yeah, you Her name is Meg. <laughs> you thoughtless. Wait, so when did reclining on a plane mean that you're a discourteous person? The seats recline. And I will point out again, Eric asked me, if someone asked me to move the seat, yes, I would. You'd put it back up. Absolutely. But every, almost every flight I've ever been on, the seat in front of me has reclined. Are they a terrible human being? <laughs> no. Can I just say, I wish some of you, and I, the text line is a great thing. But some of you are so effusive in your comments, I really wish you would call in. <laughs> OMG! It's called, hello, it's called being <laughs> considerate. My husband is 6'5". If the person in front of him reclines, he is forced to sit the entire flight with a seat back jammed into his knees. Aww. He paid for this seat. He's entitled to just as much comfort as the person who needs to recline. Be kind, people. She says your co-host is 14 inches shorter than my husband. Of course she doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't recline into his space. Well, I let me ask cry. you this. So there is, I don't know if this is on all planes, but I know the Southwest planes, they have that exit row where you can sit. So usually you'll see the long guys, the tall guys book for those spots because there's True. no seat in front of them. True. Should there be a rule on that? Because I would be frustrated I'm not that tall, but if I saw some short person sitting in that exit row so they have all the leg room they want, even though there's no chair, should they? Should there be a standard for who can sit in those larger spots? Should you have to be 6'3 to sit in some of these areas? Well, there are a few standards, I and mean, you have to be a certain age and that sort yeah, of... Yeah, 15 or something like that. Right. Um, 
And yeah, I would not take, because being 5'3", I would not take up a seat that had all of that leg room because I don't need that. But yeah, maybe. I think if you are someone who is 6'5", for instance, you probably would ask, hey, listen, I'm very tall. The seats are very small. Is there an exit row seat that I can take? Mm -hmm. And I would think that human decency dictates that most people would say, (laughs) I would hope so. I would give up my seat. See, I think something important is the, the, the courtesy is important because you are sitting in a metal tube mere inches away from strangers for, you know, good chunk of time at a, you know hours sometimes at a time and so i think courtesy is important in those instances yes because otherwise you know you're gonna it's gonna make for a very awkward uncomfortable uh trip yeah right yeah yeah okay i don't think people do it rudely i think the seats recline it's into your point you're on this plane for hours maybe you're in pain and you need to put your seat back to alleviate maybe some lower back pain or some neck pain or something like that maybe they just shouldn't recline at all they recline two inches topics i thought people were going to hate me for (laughs) reclining seats on a plane didn't even cross my mind still got 90 minutes left i do yeah there will be other topics This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. <laughs> no, I think we all agree that the guy pushing on the back of the seat is is an idiot and a child. What do you think he was watching on his little phone there? He was watching a show of some kind. Was he? Saturday morning cartoons? <laughs> Real quick. Um, just This is a stupid anecdotal thing. Just today, I... It dawned on me that I could use a pizza cutter for things other than pizza. We've got some Kringle back there. I went to get a slice of Kringle, and usually I'm I'm kind of carving away with a, a a crappy plastic knife. It's called hacking. You're hacking at the it's a hack. The Kringle. It's a hack. She's right. The pizza cutter. Pizza cutter on the Kringle. Do you use pizza cutters for other things? Lots of things. Like what? Tell me something uh, else. Now, <laughs> now I'm thinking, what else can I use a pizza cutter for? Well, it's just great. For my kids, they used to eat quesadillas all the time, and it worked great for quesadillas. That's one example. Why would you use anything other mm-hmm. than a pizza cutter for that? I guess it's kind of a, yeah. All right. These are the things. These are the real world, real life type things that I take, you know, from working at Radio City. Pizza, pizza cutter for the Kringle. Pizza An enlightened cutter for moment. Other than pizza. We come back. Um, ghosting. <laughs> Not in relationships, but in employment relationships, as it were. And I think I'm learning that this issue goes both ways. And I, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around the fact that there are employees who just leave their job and don't come back. And I know the two weeks notice thing is is kind of just a courteous, speaking of courtesy, just kind of a courteous gesture. There's nothing that says, by the way, nothing that says you have to give two weeks. You could just walk in. But you should walk in and say, I'm leaving the company. Today was my last day. Or give your two weeks. But some people don't. They just leave. They ghost their boss and never come back again. Other side of the coin, people applying for jobs are not hearing back as to whether or not they're getting a, whether they got the job, whether they're getting a callback, whether they're getting an interview. There's not a ghosting going on in corporate America. I'm intrigued by it, and I, I'm disappointed in humanity for it. One I think is okay. One of those I think is okay. The other one, awful. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Not today, Jeff is out all week long. 
And uh, appreciate him letting me sit in. Colleagues in the studio today, Eric Bilstad, Meg McKenzie. Yeah. Yeah, that Meg. <laughs> People are going, oh, is that the one? Still don't know. That's the one. No clue. <laughs> My name could be your co-host, for all they know. <laughs> could Yeah, based on the, based on the Although, text. You're making some friends on the old text line. Some I, supporters are out there, though. You didn't read any of the supporters. No, I don't. The entire text line hates me. That's the luxury of being on this end of the text line and looking at the screen. But trust me, well, people... Well, in light are... of that, stop saying my name. Over 90% of employers have been ghosted. That is to say... What is ghosting? That is to say that... Twofold. One, you've applied for a job and they've reached out to you... And then you disappear on them. Because it goes that way. Also, you may already be employed. And then you just decide, I ain't working here anymore. And I'm not coming in tomorrow. And I'm going to start my new job on Monday. So I'm going to take some time off before that. And you don't give them two weeks. You don't give them two days. You don't give them two hours notice. It's just just a no-show. Gone. And that's on the rise? Is that what you're saying? It's on the rise among younger people. Oh, the young kids oh, of America. Gosh, here we go. The again. gen, the millennials, and the Gen Zers, and the all, Gen Y, all, Gen Y, and X, yeah. and all that other stuff. Um, I again, I guess I'm coming across as the courteous one this afternoon. That that would never cross my mind to just leave. Me neither. You have to give notice. Yes. And I know you said that it's an unwritten rule for two weeks, but I've never saw it that way. Two weeks is the rule. You give two weeks notice. My last employer, I gave two months. Two months. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. Because I knew how hard it was going to be to, you know, or how cumbersome the hiring process mm, was going sure. to be for them. So I did not want to leave them in the lurch. Two weeks is not... No. Now, we are an at-work state, right? So doesn't does that give the opportunity for an employee or an employer to immediately just say, okay, you're done, without any repercussions? Uh, yeah, been there. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they can do but, it. <laughs> but I've seen it. I, I think I can think of over the last decade here at the station, it was never anyone on air, um, but I can think of at least a handful. Name the names! Of employees who <laughs> just stopped coming to work. Ghosted. That's yes. what ghosting. Is. Yes, go. We're just. I and, call it no di- call, no show. And didn't but. answer the phone. You know, we're, we're, eventually at some point we're calling emergency phone numbers and all that. You know, that are in the system. Mm-hmm. And some of them obviously are unique, more unique than others. But my theory generally was that 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 generation um, lacked the interest in the confrontation of having to actually say, "Hey, I want to," you know, "I want to resign," or "Here's my two weeks." It just where it was easier to just. Not show up and ignore the phone calls for however long that takes and just move on that way, then it would be to, okay, I don't want to have to explain why. I don't want to talk about it. I don't have to type out a two-week notice thing. I don't want to keep working. I just want to, just want to be and, and, and not show up anymore. That's kind of, that was my theory as to why they would ghost us. Can you leave an allowance for any circumstances where ghosting would be okay? Oh, sure. You know, if there's some uh, a medical need or something like that, I, I would say that I could understand that. Like Is that what inter- you mean? Yeah. I mean, I would think maybe if you were being harassed at work and you have complained and oh, nothing okay. was done yeah, sure. about oh, yeah, it, yeah, then yeah, I yeah. guess, yeah. I hope that, that wasn't the case in any of ours. I don't think it was. But, <laughs> I thought you are yeah. rethinking. <laughs> so if you left because of a 
Well, I'll use the term a hostile work environment. Or a certain employee that you're scared of or something like that. And, and you feared for your safety to some degree to just not simply come back. I guess I would classify that as, a, as an extreme reason. But I guess I suppose that would be one caveat that would make ghosting your employer acceptable. But they're very limited reasons, I think. I, I think, Eric, you hit on something. The reason why probably a lot of people do it and again it's more a younger it I, seems to be i i don't want again sounding like get off my lawn guy but it, it, it's a it's a kid thing but it's it's a younger generation thing in large part that's what the numbers in the studies show so it, it's a there's there's data behind it and i think a lot of it comes to the well, this is just gonna be awkward and weird and uncomfortable and look i i hate awkward uncomfortable conversations yeah, as so much avoid it, yeah. as anybody but you just do it like ripping a Band-Aid off. Here's my letter. Here's my notice. Whether it's two weeks or whatever it might be. And you're right. Some of you texting and saying, my company's handbook mandates two weeks. Um, but that's how I would go about it. Just quick, painless. But you think that's, degree. you two think that's why this is happening so much. Is people just don't want, they don't want to face that awkward situation. Right. right. I Avoid think, the confrontation. No, I, I think that's part of it. But I think in large part, people just don't care. I think in that moment, the people doing it could give two rips about their employer. I don't. I'm leaving that because they already have a job. I don't need them. Yeah, yeah. but you say don't burn. I know you say don't burn bridges, but but who cares? People just don't. I think a lot of younger people, and we can get into why, but that just doesn't enter their mind. And we're getting real deep here, but that's fine. It, it, that just is not something that crosses their mind. What? what is the, the long-term ramifications? Long-term yeah. ramifications. What goes around comes around. Is this, is this good business practice? Is this something that I just, I, I should do this because it's the right thing to do? Even if I don't like my boss, not saying that they've done something to me that puts me, you know, in, in, a, in a fearful position, like we talk about in an extreme case. I just don't like the boss. Stick it. That's another. Stick it to him. I don't like him. Stick it to him. You know what? I can't wait till I don't show up tomorrow. What are they going to do yeah. to fill my shift? Right. Oh, they're going to be mad. They're going to be sweating it out. How, what are they going to do to fill my shift? 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620 on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you want to weigh in here, this is ghosting. If you want to try to explain it as well, maybe you've done it. If you've done it, tell us why. What went through your mind as to why you left your job just poof out of the blue? And then we'll get into the other side of the coin when the ghosting is on the other foot, so to speak. She's Meg. He's Eric. I'm Scott. In for Jeff on WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Patrick in where is it? Patrick in Beaver Dam says, "Hey, take this job and shove it." Is one of my favorite songs. There's a reason that song <laughs> is as popular as it is. Some, there's just stick it to the man, stick it to the man. If you're gonna stick it to the man, though. Show up, play that song, and then walk out. Don't ghost them. Grab the goldfish. Yes. Storm out. Yes. Make a scene. These boots are made. For, no. Oh, dang! Mm. I almost sang. So what's the consensus? Ghosting an employer is okay or no, never? I mean, again, certain situations, you can make exceptions. I think we all agree on that. Um, we've had, this is a texter, not we, WTMJ, 608. We've had a ghost 
<laughs> a ghost leave us. <laughs> We've had a ghost leave us due to employ- an employee going to a, a competitor, whatever the industry is. Now, you talk about a double whammy. Not only did you lose them, but now he or she's working across the street for but, the competitor. But even if they would have done two weeks, they would have probably walked them out the door anyway, right? Yep. In some of those cases. That's happened to me. Yeah, or I gave notice and gave two weeks, and they, and they said, outside. and you're out today. Yeah. Well, that speaks to my my first thought when seeing this is, even if you don't care about that employer at all, even if you're angry at that employer, you are doing yourself a disservice if you ghost them. Do not burn bridges. Not even necessarily because you rely on that company potentially for a future reference, but everybody talks. Oh, yeah. And if you're leaving and taking a job in the same industry... Guess what? Your reputation's going to get out there. What if you're leaving, to the point, what if you're leaving the industry altogether? Let's say... Still don't do it. No, but here, but to, to the point, I work in, in radio. If And every once in a while, usually once a year, you hear, hear some, some DJ somewhere at some radio station quitting on the air, and, and it goes viral, the audio. If, if, if I leave here... And burn bridges in radio, but I go into the restaurant industry. I'm trying to think of something completely unrelated to radio or broadcasting altogether. Is that really going to come back to bite mm-hmm. me? You think it would? Absolutely could. What if that particular restaurant was going to then look into advertising mm-hmm. and here you are now. I would not be the spokesman. Right. Or, or what, if, what if five years from now you realize you don't like the restaurant industry and... Oh, you know what? Maybe they got a part-time job in the weekends. I can work. Yeah, manage. Just never know where your life's going to take you. Right. Protect yourself. Let's go to the phones. Scott in Milwaukee. Hi, Scott. You're on WTMJ. Have you ever ghosted or been ghosted? I've been ghosted as an employer, but I also have a degree in economics, and and I'm I'm loving the fact that I'm hearing all of you old school raised uh, people on the on the air. <laughs> but you have to understand that back in the back in old school. You know, 15, 20 years ago, uh, 5% unemployment was considered extremely low unemployment. So, and, you know, as, an, as someone who has been, you know, trained in economics, 5% of the, of the population of the workforce is unemployable. And now we're below that. So the, the majority of those who are ghosting mm-hmm. are really those that, you know, for the sake of, uh, of of the expression, are of the old school unemployable uh, that needed the, the, from a work ethic standpoint. So that's that's something that's being forgotten. Everybody's thinking, you know, this is old school, five percent unemployed. That's not the case anymore. We are, you know, we are we are scraping that that barrel bottom right now from the standpoint of of needing employees out there. So you're saying that those who are doing the ghosting likely wouldn't have work if it wasn't so good now, meaning that they just don't have the ability Correct. or the knowledge or the idea of how to or correctly... The or, the, or the upbringing. The, ethic. Yeah. the upbringing, the, the, the ethic, right, okay. the ethic, the, the, the ethos of, of, you know, there are certain rules, unwritten or not, there are certain rules out there that you just don't break. And that, you know... That that is just the, the situation that we've got right now. What about your ghoster? So Tell us about your ghoster. Oh, I you know owned a owned a, uh, a sub franchise, so you know you, you talk about and and you talk about there's a 
considerable difference between urban and suburban as well. And it is that it is that upbringing of of the of the kid, so to speak, that that I saw a, a huge difference in. So they just um, left after. I, so Scotty, so they just left after after their shift was over. You never saw them again. Never saw them again. Uh, not yeah, shift or uh, they were on the schedule. Mm. Wouldn't pick up the phone, that sort of thing. I would offer. A lot of ghosting now is you make an offer to somebody in the professional, in the, in the greater, in the professional trades and such like that. Uh, you make an offer to somebody and they they accept it and then they don't show up for their first day mm-hmm. because they're taking that offer and and they're they're nego- they're negotiating Leverage, with their yeah, current yeah. employer or they're or they're just out there just to to get an ego sure. boost, so to speak. Thanks, Scott. I, I appreciate your perspective very much. Um, it a is a job seekers market. It definitely is. Mm-hmm. But that's no excuse for bad manners. And yeah. So let's do this. What about other side of the coin? You're applying for a job. You're applying for a job. Whether you've just submitted an uh, uh, an application, a resume, or you've even gotten to round one of the interview stage as the potential employee, as the job applicant. Do you feel you deserve an answer, some thumbs up, thumbs down, as to whether or not you're moving along in the hiring process or if they've said, sorry, we'll pass? Do you deserve that? Or does the employer in the hiring process, does the employer have have the opportunity or, dare I say, right, lowercase r, to ghost you? Two real notes, and then we'll talk about the other side of the ghosting employee-employer coin. Uh, An emailer from someone we all know. I had an employee once disappear with no explanation. She reappeared a month later, saying she had been living underground in Montana, convinced the world was ending. When it didn't, she just showed up for work as if nothing had happened. (laughs) So I I followed up, and I said, and uh, what was your reaction? Business as usual. How you been? Where you been? He said, no, unfortunately, uh, that was the end of her time with that company. I think I ties at that point. You can try that. I just have been underground for a month. I thought it was all or over. Or she got another job. Didn't work out. So she thought she'd go back. Because <laughs> she didn't give any notice. And then technically quit. The text line at the 262. I ghosted my job on my 62nd birthday two weeks ago. I cashed in a substantial 401k, lined up my social security, and got a part-time job and have insurance with my wife. They were, they were. Uh, I'll, I'm going to rephrase this. They were taking advantage of me for 18 years. <laughs> Revenge is a dish best when served cold. Yes, oh. yes. See now, there's an instance where apparently, you know, you just you're kind of working your way into the retirement era. You part-time job, yeah. who cares, all that stuff. Okay. Other side of the coin, if you're applying for a job, is there a standard that the company to which you're applying owes you the communication telling you either you've moved on, we like what you sent, someone will be reaching out, or just simply, no thanks, you're not what we're looking for, it's, it's just not going to be a thing. Even if, it, even if it's nothing more than a two-sentence form letter or an email, two-sentence email saying, thank you for applying, it period. It is an email these days. Thank you for applying, period. We will not be hiring you. Email sent. That's it. That I need. 
that I feel I need. I need closure. You need it, but are you owed it? No, they have the, I know the right. They can do what they want. But I think, again, the courteous theme of the day, that is a responsible thing for a company to do. That is a courteous thing for a company to do. Does it have to come from the person who is doing the interviewing? So say you interview with one person, you don't hear from her again, but you get an email from the company's HR staff that says, hey, thanks. No, nope. no, thanks. Nope. I just want Doesn't that. Matter. I just, you just want need that the closure. chain of communication. Okay. Now, let me guess. You want your girlfriend to break up with you in person? Too. <laughs> yeah. Can you? Very high, high maintenance. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Can you, can you not email me? Going, hey, uh, not working Whoa. out. Period. Going in a different direction. Period. Send. And it's not from her. It's from some someone she knows. <laughs> That's right. You need from HR to say it's not you. It's us. Yeah. Right. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. I. I think a lot of people would like to know. Now we can draw the the line of of demarcation. Have you just sent in your application? Have you just sent in your resume to some nondescript email account? Do you still expect, would you still like a response there? Or are we simply talking once you get to the interview stage? Do you still expect something back at the interview stage? Because some people might feel differently depending on how far they are in the process. Correct. Correct. I I have. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that I have spoken with someone in an interview setting and then called them later to tell them they weren't going to get the job. And I was surprised at how much they appreciated getting a phone call. Like it actually caught me off guard how appreciative they were just that their phone had run. It doesn't happen. What you did does not happen. A phone call to say no doesn't happen. Hmm. No. A form letter, yeah, maybe. I think if you submit an application or you send in a resume to a company, they have no obligation to let you know whether or not you're moving on. Absolutely not. I would not expect it. However, I will say in this day and age, if you are doing good business, you probably should send at least that form letter, and here's why. Uh, Sites like Indeed.com, even LinkedIn, have reviews. So it's a job seekers market right now. If I'm looking for a job, I'm going to read reviews of that company, and that's going to play into whether or not I want to apply at that company. And if I'm a high-caliber candidate and I see a bad review like that, bye-bye. 855-616-1620 will continue after the news with Melissa on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Scott Warris. Not ghosting the 2 o'clock hour of the program. See what I did there? Jeff is out. Scott, Meg McKenzie joins us in studio. Eric Bilstad hanging out. Takes three people to fill in for the one, the only uh, Jeff Wagner on this Thursday. That's for sure. Tomorrow, Valentine's Day. Today, Galentine's Day. I'm spending it with you. Galentine's Day. Melissa just pointed out. She goes, you're spending Galentine's Day with Scott. <laughs> now, when is Palentine's Day? When it's just the guys hanging out? Hey, you should do that. You should do that. Would have been yesterday, I think. <laughs> Why? Wednesday, Palentine's, Thursday, Galentine's, Friday, Valentine's. You guys always have to go first, don't you? <laughs> you always got to one-up us. So, no, it is Galentine's Day, officially. What, it is. What goes into that? Just hang out with the with the girl? Yeah. Well, if you think about it, Valentine's Day is not just for you know spouses or lovers. It's for showing love to everyone that you love in your life. Mm-hmm. So, But I think over time, it transitioned to a romantic holiday. 
which it's not, but Valentine's Day is just to celebrate the women in your life that you love, between women. Why are you looking like that? I think it's just you for don't your have a Valentine's. It's just, well, it's just for your significant other Valentine's. No, Day. it's not. Look up the history. Oh, you're talking Wikipedia, that bad boy. Mm. No, St. Valentine was in, you know, support of love between friends, you know, children. I mean, I've got to put together the Valentines for my kids that I've been collecting over the last three months. I mean, don't you, Eric, you've got kids. Oh, yeah. Don't you you have Valentine's Valentine's Day? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this reminds me of Valentine's Day in grade school. With all the boxes. And and you're hoping that there's enough in your bag. You want to be the kid that doesn't get two. No, everyone gets one. No, yeah. yeah. They changed it. They make sure it's very PC and on the up and up. None of that stuff happens anymore. Before the news, we were talking about ghosting. Ghosting from an employer's perspective for job applicants. And as an applicant, as a potential employee, do you not have some level of expectancy that you're going to get noticed? You're not getting the job. Obviously, we all know if, if you're advancing in the in the process, you're going to receive information. Hey, come back for a second interview, third, whatever. But if they don't want you, I want to know you don't want me. Give me a two. Give me heck. Give me a one sentence email that says thanks for applying. We're going in a different direction, period. Don't have to sign it, but just communicate that to me. I think that that's an appropriate or reasonable degree of expectancy. Otherwise, you might be, what, waiting and waiting and not taking a different job? because They you don't owe you that, though, <laughs> right? It's no. just a, but, it, but, it, but it's good business ethics, is it not? No. I, do th- Especially larger corporations, do they have time to respond to every single person that applied or interviewed? Probably not. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. He patiently waited through the news, so we'll start with Glenn in New Berlin. Hi, Glenn. Yeah, hi, Scott. Good to talk to you. Um, I wanted to call in because this happened to my brother about six months ago. Hmm. Uh, he was in the mortgage insurance business and uh, was uh, abruptly terminated from his employer after thirty-one and a half years. Basically, just ushered out. And then uh, after, uh, you know, sending numerous resumes, um, this happened to him multiple times with major Milwaukee corporations. Uh, He would actually either had an in-person interview or had a telephone interview. At the conclusion of such, the interviewer said to him, you know, you will hear back from us. You know, we'll be in touch with you one way or the other. And in in three quarters of the cases, he never heard again from anybody. So he was pretty disappointed in that. And again, these were major, again, major corporations, either in the insurance field or the banking field or the uh, investment field in uh, in the Milwaukee area. That's horrible. I am shocked there wouldn't be an HR letter at least sent. Yeah, no, and again, this is a situation not just where he had gotten, had just sent in a resume, but he actually either had a face-to-face or he had a telephone interview with a person from the company, not just from a third-party agency, and then never heard from him again, despite the fact that they said that he would. Man, thanks thanks for waiting and for sharing that, Glenn. Has, sure. your, has your brother found something? I need to ask. Well, he 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 has not found mm-hmm. a permanent job with benefits. He's on his second contract job in the health insurance field. Sure. 
So he found a six-month contract job, and then they just renewed him for another six oh, months. Great. But, uh, you know, so he is working. But, again, these are positions where he doesn't have benefits. Sure. All right. I appreciate it, Glenn. Thanks. That's inexcusable. You got to the point where you're interviewing with a body. There's a human sitting across from you on the desk. You're interviewing. And they tell you, you will hear back from us in seven to ten days. Or at least you will hear back from us. And then crickets. I There's think when no you're searching for, for a job, though, the onus is always on you. You have to be following up and sending uh, the thank yeah. yous and that sort of stuff. Hopefully, Glenn's brother was sending the thank you notes and showing appreciation and that sort of thing. It's different now, though, because people actually, you can take action now. Like I was saying earlier, there's websites like Indeed.com where people are doing their job searching. And maybe even the Monsters.com, maybe they have this, too. You can rate companies you can rate employers mm-hmm. you can say i applied at this company and i never heard back so companies should be more careful i once applied for a job outside of radio outside of broadcasting and had an in-person interview had a breakfast interview had had breakfast with uh, the person doing the hiring or at least the 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 go-to the contact person i thought it went really really well this person and this was not a big company at all and this person said all right i'm gonna go back and interview the other applicants, whatever the case may be, and we'll let you know. I never heard anything. And I wait. I don't remember how long. This was a long time ago. I don't remember how long I waited. But after a while, long enough, I fired off a rather sharp oh, no. <gasps> oh, a little terse to this person. Oh, man. A little bit of an edge to it. <laughs> and Have you saying, found someone yet? Saying... Something I wish I could remember saying something along the lines of uh, it would have been courteous or the professional thing to do to let me know I was not going to be considered after the fact. I mean, we had breakfast. I had the interview and then nothing. I wrote that email. Well, not even 24 hours later. Boom. I get an email back. I bet you did. Which was also rather harshly worded. I bet it was. A rather terse tone to that email. <laughs> and that was the end of that. I have run into this person. Oh, I love it. Since then. Um, and a little awkward at the beginning, but I think he forgot about it. And eventually I oh, just, okay. whatever, water under the bridge. And it doesn't matter after that. But it's it's not a good thing. See, I th- it depends though. I I'm I know for a fact that someone that I've interviewed before I have not spoken to again after that. But I also, it's my understanding that through the years, everybody has like a different setup where something gets fired off to you, where you know, automatically. Yes, yeah. Where, uh, as you I think every company should process, do that. Right. Yes, Set it up. Right. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah, it should be that for hard. the Scots of the right. world. Let's go to the phones. Cameron and Racine. Hi, Cameron. You're on WTMJ. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, very interesting topic. Um, I'm a long-time listener and first time calling in. And, Thank you. Um, I've, I've, ex- I've experienced this several times uh, lately. And the, the reason I was calling in is, you know, I, I can see where if you apply for a position online and, and, you know, you don't really hear anything, that's, you know, that's, that's okay. That's acceptable. Totally. But cool. I've had a situation. I've had a situation where they've reached out to me. They've brought me in. They've called me. They've brought me in. We've had lunch. We've spent a whole day, and they, then they set the expectation that they will get back to you in a certain amount of time, and you never hear back from them. You know, I've invested a whole day. I would expect at least a courtesy to say, "Yep, you know, you are not that person we're looking for." But thanks, you know, thanks for coming in for that whole did day. Did you reach back out so, to them? Did you follow up? 
So I, I have in some situations. So after the interview, you're, you know, the one thing you're supposed to do and they recommend you do is th- send a thank you note for spending right. the time with that person, right? So I've done that. Uh, and then, you know, after about three weeks, if, if you're not hearing back from them, I think you, you, the message is very clear, you know, that they're not interested. So, you know, I, I didn't want to be that person that would, you know, you know, just like you have a, a date with somebody and then you're calling them over and over again, you know, you're looking desperate. So, no, I didn't, I didn't reach back out to them because after three weeks I'm figuring, is that really a company that I would want to work for if that's how they're going to treat their employees? Right. That's an excellent point. Appreciate you listening and uh, calling. Call again. Thanks, Cam. There it's is a fine line. There is a certain amount you know, of decor. and oh my gosh, is job searching just like dating? <laughs> what if they just have like Tinder for applicants? Yes, that'd be swipe great. left, swipe right. But tell Scott if he's been swiped left. <laughs> She's back. You can get a notification on your phone. Right. He's Eric. I'm Scott. Back in a moment. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Growing up, going over to my grandparents' house, it it was just it was it was it was just common a common belief and because I saw it, they slept in separate beds. Now they were in their sixties, seventies at the time, and it was a Lucy Ricky situation. I say Lucy Ricky because they were in separate beds, because at that time in television, gasp, you could never put mm-hmm. two people in the same bed on television. In the same room though. Their their separate beds were in the same room. Side note, I think, and somebody can tell me if I'm wrong, I think it was, I think it was the Brady Bunch that really put a husband and wife in a bed together, even in some romantic, you know, albeit lightly romantic situations. I think that was the first television show to really do it. Trying to think. Um, So you're saying the Brady Bunch was the precursor to The Bachelor? Is that where you're going with this? (laughs) Thanks, Mr. and Mrs. Brady. Mr. and Mrs. Brady, that's that's where it started. Florence Henderson and uh, what's the name? Okay. (laughs) Now look where we are. I came across this headline, Why So Many Married Couples Are Sleeping in Separate Beds. And I go, what? Really? Anecdotally, I walked around the office yesterday just asking some people I know are married. How nosy are you? Eh, we're all friends here at Radio City. Yeah, who cares? You, uh, Everybody gets on. You and your wife sleep together? <laughs> How do you <laughs> ask that question? <laughs> and not get fired. <laughs> then afterwards, I, I asked that of our HR person. No. <laughs> um, and I was surprised to learn that, I don't know, of the nine or ten people that I asked in this building, how many people, you know, how many of you sleep in the same bed? Uh, I think at least half, maybe a little over half, said no, separate beds. Now I should point out, same room, same room, but separate beds. I'm, so they I'm not have saying... their master bedroom, but it has two beds in it. See, that seems more unique to me than if they just randomly are sleeping like in the guest in the room. guest room. Yeah. Yes, but that there... takes some effort and some planning right. and some That's remodeling. Like Flintstones and kind some... of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but there are some who sleep in you know separate rooms all together. Now, so this is great. I'm so glad you both are here. As we have, as, as we have proclaimed many times, because we're both married and you're, you're single. Both, I'm not, so I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Let me tell you what's going on in my bed. Right. Um, but you're both married, so you're both same young bed. people. Same bed. I, I, if we if we are under the same dwelling, I could probably count on my hand how many times we have not slept in the same bed for one random way, reason mm-hmm. or another. It just 
generally just I think take it you don't good. snore. I guess I don't. No? Yeah, I there guess I go. don't. <laughs> uh, so I will say over the last year, I have slept on the couch about six months out of the year, but I had a very good reason. My husband doesn't snore. We have a king size bed. However, he is the lightest sleeper I have ever met in my entire life. Mm. A mouse farts in the basement. He's up wondering what's going on. I'm telling you, he's so light. And I had from about uh, August until uh, the end of the year, I had a full-time job and I was more than a full-time photographer. And I had to get up every day at 2 a.m. to edit my work. And I didn't want to wake him up or our four-year-old daughter who sleeps in our room. I'll get into that a different day. But anyway, so every night I ghosted him, and he'd always wake up the next morning wondering if Meg was going to be in bed or not, and no, lo and behold, she slept on the couch. So that's the only reason why. Hmm. That's the only. But I can understand, Scott, how some people, what do they call it, like sleep divorce or something? And it's only because like someone snores, and so the other one can't get sleep. Right, and yep, yep, you don't yep. want to build up that resentment against the person for impeding on your sleep and that kind of stuff. It right? just is it, that it, why they do it? I, I I guess. Well, right. It's they're a they're a what did you say? A violent sleeper, kicking. Yeah, could be elbowing, grinding. teeth, teeth grinding. Yeah. Uh, they uh, they snore. I mean, I'm looking at, at some of the reasons. <laughs> they're they're a blanket hog. Yeah. <laughs> they snore. I and that, I was just really surprised by the number of people that I just talked to here in the building. Oh yeah, separate beds. Really. Since and like I said, sometimes even separate rooms. That that seems so very un-American. No, it seems very that, that's marriage for better or for worse, <laughs> yeah, snoring, for snoring or... or not snoring, for <laughs> kicking or for elbowing. Whatever the case may be, you get in the now, same bed and you deal with it. It could be schedules similar to Meg's situation, where someone just goes to bed later, or they're night owls, or they're third you know, shifter, early and, birders, yeah, or whatever. totally. I mean that could play a role, I suppose. <laughs> All right. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't read into it too much. I think that they're doing most. In most cases, they're doing it for the health of their marriage and not because there's a problem in their. Well, Back to Eric's point, though, too. I think that um, the the rooms where the master bedroom has two separate beds is more that's, concerning yes, just because it's a permanent situation then, right. as opposed to the people who are sleeping in separate rooms because they're probably only doing it for particular circumstances yes. that they're under at the time. And I want to know what kind of, are these twin beds? Right. <laughs> like what kind of beds are right. they? And do they push them together? Didn't ever? they do like, that back in do? the 50s? Like a trundle? Yeah. yeah <laughs> 50s a, or 40s? Yeah. yeah, they did it back in the day and apparently they still do. On the text line, Archie and Edith were in the same bed, but I think Archie and Edith were like in a, in a twin bed. I felt like seeing those episodes, it was like a small little bed. They're both crammed right in there. Okay, very good. They ever got out of that barca lounger. <laughs> no, they did. no, they didn't. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Two thirty-six. Got a gift card to Sticks Golf to give away. We'll do that in the next segment. But right now, we make a little time for a Wagner Thursday edition of Great Scott. I don't know why I find this interesting, because I. I came across the list, and you're saying, why would you come across this list now? I don't know. That's the, in Great Scott. It's random, nonsensical information. I came across the list of the cities that are most, uh, um, or that face the highest uh, infestation of mosquitoes. Do you want to take any guesses on this? Uh, well, it's funny you said Marshfield earlier, right? <laughs> 
feel good, pretty, pretty high up there. Am I on to something? Orkin. You know Horican. the good folks at Orkin? No, no, no. Oh. Big, think big. Think warm. Think. Are we talking statewide or country? No, this is in the nation. Oh. In the nation. Throw me a bone here. In oh, the nation. Oh, so somewhere obviously in Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Humid. You're heading in that right direction. Orkin serve, uh, serves and surveyed metro areas between April and March of 2019 hmm. for the sixth year in a row. And they went on through the summer They've months. been doing this for six years? Oh, this takes a while. Um, other, uh, The top city for mosquitoes is Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia. Think hot. Humid. Think sultry. Um, that's uh, just a little bit hot, sultry weather. <laughs> New York. Washington. Yeah. Chicago. Houston. Dallas. Fort Worth. Orkin has released the top, the cities with the highest infestation levels, infestation levels. Okay, so far I'm not shocked. from mosquitoes. Um, all of these cities also appear on the list of the places with the most mosquitoes from Terminex. So you have, I love it, you have the different bug companies coming up with their own, their own lists. Um, they got to know where to market. Los Angeles have the highest number of mosquitoes active anytime. Temperature is also above 50 degrees, so even more northern cities aren't safe from these flighty pests. Huh. I feel like last summer was a pretty good summer for mosquitoes. For feel- us or for the mosquitoes? For us. For us. Yeah. It's a nonsensical segment. That's why I just included that. I just I would have never guessed Atlanta. I would have guessed something around a swamp. Gainesville, Florida. I would have guessed Gainesville, Florida. There actually wasn't any Florida cities on that list. Nope, not on wow. the list. Right, Scott! All right, Marshfield has a toilet problem. Marshfield police are looking <laughs> are looking into why toilets are being left in the middle of the road. Investigators say a driver hit a toilet. Pardon me? Investigators say a driver hit a toilet in the right lane while trying to swerve and avoid a toilet <laughs> in the left lane. <laughs> police say the toilets were upright and in the center of the road. Marshfield, Wisconsin. Mm. They say it looks like they were intentionally placed there. Yeah, sure enough. This is new. A woman driving along West McMillan Street crashed into a toilet left in the middle of the lane on Monday. She stated to police, well, I crashed into the toilet because I was distracted by that other toilet in the other lane. What? What is going on? I heard it all. The investigating officer believes the two toilets were left in the road deliberately. Uh, You think? Yes. As both were upright and intact prior to collision. They have a toilet problem up there. And finally, KFC and Crocs have combined because that's what people have been crying (gasps) for. Crocs? KFC and Crocs combining their powers, not for evil, but for good, I guess. Fried chicken and feet. What a great combo. The maker of polarizing footwear Crocs. Where are you, Crocs? Up or down? You don't want to know. Yeah. Yeesh. And the fried chicken chain KFC teaming up to create one of the most bizarre pairs of shoes the internet has ever seen. <laughs> Say hello to KFC X Crocs Bucket Clogs. <laughs> Say it again. X KFC X Crocs Bucket Clogs. A limited edition. So get them while they're hot. Low to the ground, pair of soles covered in a fried chicken print. Uh-huh. The top of the sh- uh, top of the shoe is made to look like perforated fried chicken. The bottom was designed to look like KFC's iconic red and green chicken box. One iteration comes with removable 
chicken scented <laughs> gibbets charms Whoa. so it can smell they like, smell like the fried protein oh. the charms were designed to look like drumsticks on the website you can see it now put these on your bucket list but um bum these will make your dreams of wearing a bucket of chicken finally come true how much would you charge how much do you think they're asking well, how much would i charge yeah how much yeah. would i pay either Nothing. way whatever 59.99. Oh my god. 60 bucks if you want Is your Is any feet. of this going to like a charity or something? Please tell me. Yes. <laughs> to smell like greasy chicken, you can sign up at crocs.com to be notified. Oh, they won't come out till the spring. So again. <laughs> I did Come back to me when it's Chuck Taylors and Culvers, all right? I did think for a moment that there was going to be some sort of edible element to it. Well, you can I, I don't smell know it how, like scratch and sniff. But there it's not for human consumption. And then they point I out think that if you're wearing these, you'll be putting your foot in your mouth plenty. Ooh, I should have ended on that. A year earlier, the company teamed up with Dunkin' Donuts to create a donut-themed sneaker complete with sprinkles. Nike has created shoes inspired by desserts. Converse designed a sneaker with a Coca-Cola theme. Pizza Hut created pie tops too, which let the wearer order pizza by pressing a button on the shoe. How did I not? Oh, know I remember that? those. Yes. I don't. Oh, I don't think they took off. All Dang right. It. So okay. maybe there's a history for the KFC Crocs coming out this spring. Get them while they're hot. Crocs. desperate for attention. Dot com. It's a Thursday edition. Wagner Show edition of.